brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Have you found the keys to unlock your best trip? On a Trafalgar tour, you unlock more than just the world. We give you the key to let down your walls and make lifelong friends. The key to discovering hidden talents and fresh perspectives. From one-of-a-kind experiences to iconic destinations, Trafalgar gives you the keys to unlock your best self. Discover more at trafalgar.com slash unlock. That's T-R-A-F-A-L-G-A-R dot com slash unlock. Tour differently. This is Make It Plain. M.I.P. With Masamela Mark Thompson. Make It Plain. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, we've all been hearing about the courage and the bravery of the Texas Democrats in the House of Representatives who walked out and went basically into a self-exile in Washington, D.C. to avoid a quorum in Texas because of their egregious voting rights legislation where the Texas Republicans wanted to put in place. We're joined now by Texas Democrat from the Texas House of Representatives, Representative Jasmine Crockett. Representative Crockett, how are you today? I am doing well. I'm so excited to be here with you. Well, excited to have you. I was just saying to her, folks, many of you seen her on television. She's a fighter. She's, she's tough. She's strong. She inspired me. I'm not even in the house. I wanted to walk out of something just watching her. <laughs> Let's walk out. Um, but no, it's 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 great to see you. So uh, you, you're in Washington, D.C. I know you said you went home for a minute. So where are things now? Because a couple of your colleagues went back, didn't they? They kind of, I mean, tell me why that's not selling out. Um, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't. Uh, I, I wish... You know, all I, I look for, first of all, I, I do appreciate you having me on. As a criminal defense and civil rights lawyer, I tend to think of things in a very logical sphere. And so it's been very difficult for me to try to make sense of just literally what doesn't make sense, right? right. Um, and so I've tried to come up with an understanding because for whatever reason, my colleagues have not provided anything that I could truly understand or comprehend as a rationale for why they should be on the floor. And so it, so I don't have any good answers for you. As you stated, I'm in D.C. I'm in D.C. with some other soldiers that just aren't about this steamroll life. And, you know, mm. ultimately, I hope that my colleagues can prove me wrong and that they were smarter than I could ever hope to be. And they saw some potential for something great that I somehow missed the boat on. And I will absolutely be the first ones to to applaud them for whatever it is that they accomplished that is uh, positive in some way. But I, I truly have seen this thing play out a couple of times and it never plays out to the benefit of black and brown people in the state of Texas. But you know, hey, we, we can we can only hope, right? Yeah. It, now, the fact of the matter is because they've gone back, there now exists a quorum correct? And they were able to pass some of the legislation that you all were fighting against, correct? 
Absolutely. So now that there's a quorum, they have just set the first calendar to vote on certain bills, including, of course, number one, which is Jim Crow 2.0. That is up to be voted on. So just to be clear about quorum, it's not perpetual. It has to exist any time that the House is trying to conduct business. And so basically they got a quorum that allowed them to go ahead and go forward with hearings within committees on various things. What's going to happen now is we have to see if they show up tomorrow so that they can go ahead and have this bill rammed down their throats. They can already count me out along with approximately at least another 11 other people. Actually, it's more than that. There's probably, there's at least 11 more people that are in D.C. with me. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But sadly enough, I don't have high hopes for our colleagues just deciding to go ahead and sit out and kill this bill again. So how much is needed for a quorum? Because I want to be clear, how many of them went back and how many would need to go back out again before this other vote to prevent the quorum? What's what's the number difference? Okay, so here's the deal. Our, our numbers are kind of funny. So the House has a total of 150 seats. Quorum is composed of two thirds of the House. We were told, I don't know that I really uh, agree with the reading of the Constitution, but we were told that now a quorum is 99. Normally a quorum is 100. We had one of my colleagues, a freshman, who ran in a special election for a congressional seat and he won. So he vacated that seat. We had another member that vacated his seat because he was taking a job. And so they said, well, now a quorum is only 99 because we have two vacant seats. I don't think that that's a proper reading of the Constitution. I think 100 is the magic number. But let's just say that it's somewhere between 99 and 100 there are 83 elected Republicans. That means that if we add, you know, 16 to the 83, that gets them to their their magic number. So technically all Republicans plus approximately 16 Democrats is what's needed for there to be a quorum. So there are 16 Democrats, obviously, you would say there right now. And, and now with these original 16, were all of them with you anyway? From the beginning? No. So in great Democratic fashion, uh, we never had all the Democrats on the same page. Gotta love being a part of Democratic Party. Uh, And so when we left, so there are a total of 67 Dems in the House. Well, now 66 because one has resigned. So with that, we had 10 Dems that never left with us in the first place. There were only a total of 57 that left with us. Of those 57, after we killed the bill during this special session, the first special session, there were a total of about five of them that went back. And then we ended up having another three that went back to seal the deal for us. I don't really have words. (laughs) (laughs) I I just don't have words. You know, I'm just, you know, I I keep looking and hoping that I'm just missing something and, and really genuinely hoping that I'm just not as smart as these members and like, hey, like teach me the way, right? But when I look at the fact that the last three members that went back to give them quorum, they happened to all be from Harris County. Harris County was a specific target of this bill. They went after things that Harris County did. And so I'm like, okay, so they're targeting your other elected officials. They are also directly targeting your constituents. These three members come from historically minority seats. So two Hispanic seats, one black seat, and they are all Democratic seats. So I'm like, I don't really understand why you would go back. Why you of all people, like the symbolic nature of it makes it just that much more devastating is that you had literally Harris County elected representatives that seemingly turned on Harris County. Mm -hmm. 
that is interesting because they are participating in their own undoing. Absolutely. Aren't they? Aren't they? More MIP after this message. And to be specific, what in the bill would directly affect Harris County? I, I don't remember. I, I read it, but yeah. I forgot. Yeah. So here's the deal. During the pandemic, so many elected officials were trying to figure out how can we make sure that people still have access to the ballot box? Because clearly we needed to be able to express our feelings about Trump, good or bad. Right. And so Harris County did a couple of things. Harris County did drive through voting, which essentially what they did is they expanded upon curbside voting. We have curbside voting. We've had it forever for those that say are handicapped, right? But they don't want to do a mail-in ballot. They can then vote in their car. So we have machines that you can actually take out to the car and someone can vote within the comfort of their car instead of having to get out a wheelchair and potentially sit in a long line and that kind of stuff. So what they did is they expanded curbside to just be drive-through in general where they had the machines available so that people could do it from the comfort of their cars, but more importantly, in the midst of dealing with the spread of COVID, they wanted to minimize the potential spread of COVID because people were standing around trying to vote. So this way you stay in the car. And even if you were COVID positive, this was an option because you may not have time to send in a vote by mail because you test positive, say today, and today is election day. You can't send in a vote by mail ballot at that late date. So this gave them still an option to be able to vote within their car, keeping them safe and others safe as well. So that was one of the things that they did. They also did 24-hour voting. Harris County has the largest medical center in the country. So here it is. We've got these first responders that are working on the front lines to save lives. And so they obviously, I'm sure, wanted to have a say-so in our elections, considering the policies that were being handed down by elected governmental officials. They wanted to make sure that their voices were heard. And some of them even said that they felt better about voting, say, during a non-traditional hour because they didn't really know how much exposure they had to the virus because they were constantly fighting it. So they didn't want to potentially risk other people being in danger because they've been fighting the virus. They obviously wanted to vote and they obviously should be allowed to vote. So they had 24-hour voting. Those are things that they want to make illegal. In addition to that, their county judge approved the dollars to make sure that they could send out vote by mail applications to any and all qualified persons to vote by mail to minimize the number of people that felt like they needed to go in and cast their votes. Now they want to criminalize any elected official if they send out a vote by mail application to someone who's qualified. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's absolutely insane. And, and, and finally, one of the other things that there was a big fight about, specifically out of Harris County, was that there were multiple ballot by mail drop boxes. So instead of you having one location that you had to drop your ballot off to, you could drop it off at multiple locations throughout the third largest county in the country, <laughs> the largest county in the state of Texas, instead of having one location. They want to put it into law that you can only have one location to actually do the ballot drops as well. And all of these measures would set us back. You... And your other colleagues, because you're not you're not alone in Washington D.C. But first of all, as this though, you all are still subject to arrest, aren't you? No, we're not. Once quorum was made, the warrants. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. More MIP after this message. So, how long are you all planning to stay out indefinitely? 
well, you know, these bills are going to pass because of the Democrats that decided that they wanted to go sit there. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what their decision was. But these bills are going to pass because that's what Republicans do. They will pass without amendment. They will pass without consideration. They will pass without logic. So these bills will pass and therefore the governor will not continue to call special sessions on his what I am calling white supremacy agenda. So he won't continue to call special sessions on that. And the next special session we'll deal with is going to be redistricting. We will see what happens. You know, we're only having a special session on that because our numbers came out late because of the pandemic. And so our numbers are supposed to be uploaded within our systems by September 1. And so we'll start drawing our maps and things like that. And we'll have to have a session on that, especially since Texas is supposed to gain two more congressional seats due to the fact that we grew a lot. And 95% of that growth was people of color. We'll see who gets those seats, though. Mm, yeah, because we know they're going to try some funny business with the gerrymandering, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So what about the Senate, though? These bills that could pass in the House, do they, they have to go to the Senate, too? So what what happened is the Senate never broke quorum, even though it only took 11 of them to do it instead of over 50 people to pretty pass the Senate. And they were sitting there waiting on the House to have a quorum so that they could try to pass them. So tomorrow will be the first time that those Senate bills will be taken up on the House floor. So long as they pass the House floor without amendment and nothing is changed, then um, they'll go directly to the governor's desk. There probably are, though, going to be some federal legal challenges from these bills, right? I mean, the Attorney General is suing Justice Department, U.S. Justice Department is suing Georgia. They could, these bills make Texas eligible for federal lawsuits don't they? Oh, absolutely. I mean, regardless of what was going to happen, we were going to court. There was never a doubt about us going to court. The reason that we were working so hard on federal legislation is because you can go to court all you want to, but the law's got to be on the books so that you, you have something that you can say, see, look over here. This is against the law. And that's, that's where we're lacking right now is we're lacking that kind of federal guidance so that we have something to sue on. You know, sadly enough, it has to be spelled out. What does intentional discrimination look like? Or, you know, we were talking about the original Voting Rights Act on yesterday, talking about that and how throughout time we started talking about the discriminatory impact that bills have instead of necessarily making one determine whether or not something is discriminatory from an intentional standpoint, because that really is a heightened standard. We don't really care about whether you intended to do it or not. What we really need to care about is does it impact us in a disparate way or not? And so right now with the Voting Rights Act being gutted, we need the federal law in place so that when we go to court, we can point the court to legislation that they have to follow. Yeah, yeah. And and this was one of the reasons why it's important the John Lewis Act was passed, because we lost Section 4 and Section 5. Absolutely. Um, the pre, pre, there's history where there's history of discrimination. There needs to be a formula for preclearance. And Texas is just such a state. Plus, we also know Texas is hella purple and before long it's going to be blue. So that's what they're trying to stop. This yeah. is an existential uh, reality. Sister, we, we're very, very proud of you. I mean, the quorum is there. Tell us really how much longer you think you'll be motivated to be in D.C. How much longer you gonna you're gonna wait this out? Because so the session that they have now with the quorum, I think you said after this vote, the session will conclude, correct? Yes. 
All right, so you'll probably go back. You'll probably go back after that, then, right? For redistricting, because one of the reasons we definitely did not need to be present for the voting bill is number one, it's a it's a timing issue. And let me be clear: when I say timing, you mentioned preclearance, and what that means is that once a law passes, then they're not subjected. There there is no subjugation to the Voting Rights Act, right? So we really made this a big deal. And I want to applaud the hard work of Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee. She made sure that there was a look back in there because I was like, one thing we don't need to happen is us to finally have these protections in place. And they protect everyone but us in Texas when we left to try to buy time to make sure that from a timeline standpoint, nothing passed in Texas before it passed in the feds. Now, the good thing about the feds is that once it passes both chambers, then it becomes law immediately, so long as the president signs it. In Texas, there's a 90-day waiting period. So Mm. we still kind of have a little bit of room to wiggle, but not much. We're, We're down to the wire. But the congresswoman did add language that would provide for a look back She also added language that would prevent anybody from trying to arrest us in the future if this is something that we try to do. So I appreciate the Congresswoman for really listening to us and working with us to make sure that Texas, who was on the front lines of this fight and highlighting how bad things are right now in the state legislatures, that we wouldn't be left out of the process. Now, that doesn't mean that it would necessarily stand in the Senate. But at least the House version that passed, those provisions are in there. And we can only hope that the U.S. Senate, number one, passes the bill and number two, passes it in an undisturbed fashion in the original way that it was actually sent to them. State Representative Jasmine Crockett of Texas has been our guest again, sister. We applaud your courage and that of your colleagues. And you're a freshman. They said something. You you came right up in here and got down to business. Uh, And and, and folks, let's be clear. You know, they came to Washington, D.C. That's not that easy because they have family and loved ones back home that you've not been able to see for several weeks. Some even got ill while they were in Washington, D.C. So this is not an easy thing to do. And for those who have families, I mean, you have family. We all got family responsibilities. We can't just leave our family. Right. And and yeah. you all did that for the good of democracy. Yeah. You should be applauded for that. Thank you. But I, I appreciate that. But I know how I got here. Mm. I got here with what I consider to be real sacrifices. And so nothing that I've done over this very short amount of time compares to what those that did that came before me. Right. When I think about the fact that people died, you know, me being away from home in D.C. isn't really the end of the world because I know like I'm only the 22nd black woman ever elected to the Texas House. Wow. That means this is very recent history. (laughs) Like Texas has the highest population of African-Americans in the country. And I am only number 22 to ever be elected to the House. And so when I say that I know that somebody most likely gave their life for me to have the opportunity me being away from home for a little over 30 days is nothing. And and knowing about the history of the civil rights movement overall and understanding that there were boycotts that lasted over 300 days, knowing the tragedies that occurred on the Edmund Pettus Bridge, I just can't really think that I've done anything so great. I think that I've only done a small fraction of what I was obligated to do with the privilege that was bestowed upon me when I was allowed to be elected to represent the people of my district, House District 100 in Dallas. Yeah, from the 100th district, number 100. That's right, who keeps it 100. Keeping 100 in the House District 100, amen. That's right. Representative 
Jasmine Crockett. We thank you for joining us, sister, on Make It Plain. Folks, she'll be at the Make Good Trouble rally, too, this Saturday at the Lincoln Memorial in the Sacred Space. So we look forward to seeing her there as well. God bless you, Representative, Representative Crockett. Same to you. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.